This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Broder. Welcome back, welcome back. We got the whole team. Southey, Darty, Steph, and Beaner. All five of us are here. I'm your host, Roscoe. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. Crazy the mood shift when you come off a big win like this versus... The last episode after Buffalo. Everybody feeling good. Smiles all around. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Stuck with the game. Whoa. Whoa. Big win. Big comeback win. This is exactly what we needed after that loss against Buffalo. Washington on a four-game winning streak. We just need to shut that shit down right away and set the tone, clean up the mistakes, bring our physicality back into the game, and it paid off. Oh, yeah, it did all around. That is a great analysis of this one. Nice one, Steph. Uh, Sadi, what did you think of this one? Oh, this is a fun game to watch, especially after coming off the Buffalo loss. Yeah, that second period was just ridiculous to see. Everything was kind of clicking all at once. And imagine if you were coming into this game and you're given the score and you heard that Matthews and Ovechkin were going to score. Right? It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, So let's start it off. Let's just jump in. So, first period, Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting in his 100th game. Makes it one nothing. What a beautiful little play this was. Steph, you want to take yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Caps can't clear the zone. Uh, Matthew's right on the boards, ready for that puck. Uh, Sam Sonoff just thinks to himself, oh, shit. <laughs> Matthews has the puck. <laughs> gives it right to Marner, who makes the perfect pass to Bunting, who's just waiting on the doorstep. Bar down and in, baby. That was a nice, nice tip up into the net. Oh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, where do we put Michael Bunting now with, I mean, he had two goals on the night. Is he still uh, still topping the Calder or are we bumping points off for his age? Where are we landing on that now that he's still scoring like crazy? Boehner, go for it. He'll, uh, I still say he's not winning it as much as I'd love him to. He'll be in the final three for sure. Um, but it's it's still got to be cider. God damn it! But it's so bad. <laughs> Steph, take it. My question on this play is: um, other than the whole Calder conversation, because we've had that so many times, but do we cut this puck in half now? Do you give half to Matthews for his hundredth uh, point, <laughs> or do you give half to a uh, Bunting for his hundredth point, or in the NHL in his NHL career? So these are two milestones that we're hitting here. So who would you give the puck to on this for this play? Ooh, who do you give it to? Honestly, I like the idea of cutting it in half. I think that just <laughs> resonates with the mood of this team and the brotherhood between those two. They would just, I think they'd be fine with it. That could be a, little, a fun picture too. They each take half the puck. I don't think so. I think in paralleling their line, you have to give that to Matthews just as Bunting has been doing all season. Granted, it was his 72nd point in 100 games, which is incredibly impressive for him, which I think is a huge point for him to win the Calder, but you don't cut that in half. That's Matthew's baby. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough. Completely agree. Did you guys see uh, Blackwell get absolutely (laughs) demolished in the opening (laughs) minutes of the first there? He's such a little guy. Dude was definitely seeing stars. Oh, I know. He was saying in the pregame interview that he hasn't played Ovi much, but tonight he definitely said hello and nice to meet you because he definitely met Ovi on that play right there. Just freight trained him right into the boards. <laughs> Poor guy. He got right back up, though. Yeah, he did. Kudos to him for that. And I think that definitely launched what would be a very physical night for both teams. Spoiler alert, Toronto out hit Washington. Just nice to see. Yeah. But uh, this was a crazy heavy game. Oh, my God. We had, uh, oh, in the first period, too, before, I, th- I think it was before Nylander's goal, was uh, Jack Campbell gets run through. Might have been after it, actually. But uh, we'll talk about Jack Regardless first, of when so... it happened, it happened, and it kind of gave everybody, uh, um, like, it, it rattled rattled the glass to steal from uh our boy, uh, <laughs> TML fan and van, Marty Zilstra, John Tavares is underrated, aka whatever the fuck his name is now. <laughs> but uh, no, like... Ghost of Rick Vibes record. <laughs> but like, okay, so I was listening to uh, Joe Bowen and like it just kind of caught me off guard, right? So I don't know what you guys saw, 
But uh, what I heard was it obviously was just one of those moments where, you know, we don't want our attendees getting run ever, right? Because, hey, newsflash, all we have is Jack Campbell. Like, Eric Schalgren, like, he's a beauty. I, I feel like people think that I hate him. I love Schalgren, don't get me wrong. But if I don't want to put my – I don't want to put my money on Schalgren, right? Like, I want Jack Campbell to be – to be well. So when you let these guys run your goalie, like regardless of whether he's in the wrong place at the wrong time or Wilson was just like taking advantage of the situation, it's like it's one of those things you just don't want to see. It's just it's really scary. And again, I'm not advocating taking that out of the game. What I am saying is that it is fucking scary because we don't have a true backup <laughs> at this point. So Yeah, and I mean to as one that saw it, it was Muzzin, right? That he was yeah. battling with there, yeah. Wilson. So Wilson kind of cuts to the inside of Muzzin there, and it was really within a second of him getting to that side that he gets pushed into. I mean, kind of pushed. They ride each other out, and he comes into Campbell as uh, Campbell's reaching out around the side of the net there, taking his helmet off. It was scary, but like looking back at it, I can't, as much as I want to fault Tom Wilson for this, it, it looked pretty quick and accidental. There wasn't much he could do. There wasn't much place he could go. I mean, it was either clip Campbell in the head or go full into yeah. him, which arguably might have been a little better than clipping his head like that. But yeah, it's one of those things where Wilson's not going to put himself in a better position to make that hit better. No, like he's whatever you know. He's he's just going to take the argument that I have nowhere to go. And he's just going to ride it out, and understandably so. Yeah. so, right? Like if you're the, if you're any team playing the Leafs, like why would you not take those chances? Yeah, especially if they're something that you can visually contest right like you can say it can, oh, it can go one way or the other right like that's why i'm scared because like, i don't want campbell to ever be in that position like, because that's exactly what the other teams want that is ex- that is, they are thirsting they are chomping at the bit for you know an unfortunate circumstance like that to occur it, yeah. yeah it was tough to watch especially after campbell had already been hit prior to this play and i i tweeted about it i was like guys lay your hands off our boy campbell like every time this guy gets hit it's ptsd running through our minds because we cannot afford this guy to go down at this point in the season so when the wilson play happened all you see is this helmet go flying off his head big no-no your your gut just drops and he's just sprawled out on the ice obviously you want our fourth line to step up there or take another guy on which happens a little later but i was screaming i don't know about you guys but this was so unacceptable yeah i mean i'm i'm surprised that nobody got up and immediately shoved him but the response came later you know like they they read the moment they wanted to try to make sure that if Wilson was going to get called, that he got the penalty there, or if there was anything, you know, that they didn't want to interfere with the process, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he got the goaltender interference. So. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Jeez. Even Dubis was yeah. pissed. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we were, he had a, he had a loud, we night. were talking about theatrics, uh, last episode, but, uh, since we're on the Wilson topic, apparently he's, uh, he's going to be in the running for the next, uh, Oscar. Cause, uh, I don't know if you guys saw he's doing a little bit of uh, theatrics out there as well. Just sell, <laughs> selling the... The Michigan penalty? Yeah. yeah. Absolute sell oh, job. Yeah where, he, yeah, where he trips himself with his own foot after Lubushkin's leg gets between him. Yeah, that was lovely. <laughs> but uh, William Nylander, pardon me, was his first goal the slap shot or was that the poke in? That was his first goal the slap shot. Yeah, so what in holy moly, this was insane. Just skates in over the line and lets one rip. I think they said it was like 96 and a half miles per hour or something. That's crazy. No chance to stop that. That was reminiscent of a Rick Vive goal from the 80s. Agreed. Just walk in and slap it. And that was the second time in that period, just ripping down that far wing too. The first time he kind of went a little further in, had the snapshot, had a nice glove save on it. That time made no mistake on it. Slap shot from the top of the circle. Low blocker side. I think you really got to give credit, though, to Jack Campbell because it all started in the other end where he was pointing with his glove at Pierre Ingvall, signaling to him to not go to the boards because there's already three Leafs on the boards. You have uh, Camp pinning a guy against the boards. You have Muzzin into the mix, Brody into the mix. 
Muzzin finally frees out the puck. It goes straight to Ingval, who's able to just prance up the ice like the good old giraffe he is. And perfect pass to Willie, who just slaps that shit right in. Like, this was such a redemption goal for Willie right after missing that wide open cage that hurt like hell to watch because Gio had an amazing play right before to get that puck to Willie to begin with. And then that happens. So I'm so happy for Willie. 29th of the year. Yes, baby, yes. Yeah, I mean, Samsonov was able to just get the butt end of his stick on that one with the open net there. Mm. Absolutely robs Willie. Man, he had some good saves tonight. I mean, it sure he <laughs> let in seven goals. But oh, he was pulled after four. Oh, was it four? Yeah. I didn't notice him until the third period that it was Vitek. To be fair, so, it wasn't really okay. warranted that he got pulled, but... You know, if you're down four that early, you're going to rally your team. So, But even yeah, though we well, love our Willie really so help. much on this uh, podcast, I see, I spy two Engval apples. So, Johnny, hit the fans with a peer. Engval, uh, <laughs> come on, give us the noise. I can't do it. I'm a giraffe. Uh, sorry, I'm a, an elephant. <clears throat> <clears throat> There's our giraffe. <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. Man, he was so good tonight. So many chances on the penalty kill. So many breakaways. So many little moves. He was fast as shit. That one setup that he had on um, who's on Bunting's goal. Oh, we'll get there later. But oh my god, he was good. Yeah. What a okay. beautiful man. Let's just say that. But let's continue on. Uh, the at the end of the first period, I got to say the shots were eleven to four for Toronto. The hits yes. were 18 to 13 for Toronto. So the ice was definitely Ooh. a little tilted, and I'm just glad that the gas didn't come off. So, what uh, Leafs had two kind of two power plays in the first period, and uh, nothing came of it. Power play was not great, all things considered, even though they scored seven goals. But who gives a shit when he scores seven goals? I honestly didn't think it was terrible, though, because they had a ton of puck possession. They were moving the puck around well, they didn't have a problem breaking into the zone. It was just finding that last pass or honestly just creating the goal that was the issue. So it did look good. Like there was encouraging signs there tonight. That's fair. They looked good. They controlled the zone. They held the zone. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So second period, John Carlson makes it two to one unassisted. Yeah. This one was not good. Nice power goals. Yeah. It was. McKay ripped them off. Frustrating. Steph, you want to take this Carlson goal here? Yeah, he just went inside out around Jack Campbell. Um, Just the beauty about this play was that he would have been offside if he didn't wait for Wilson to come out. And he was able to hold on to that puck, then bring it into the zone. And it was just a one-man show from that point on. Uh, Campbell was a little bit too far out of the net, so he wasn't able to stretch back with his toe and uh, reach the post there and... Carlson's able to get it by him. Unfortunate, but uh, yep. quick play, good play. John Carlson's one of the best defenders in the league for a reason. Yeah, and that's why I have him. My Yahoo. Yeah, Jack team. was so close on that one. Oh, so close, <laughs> like inches away from getting his toe on that. And uh, nice pickup there, Darty. Well, I played, I played William Nylander, John Carlson, and Jack Campbell tonight, taking a huge gamble, and uh, they all helped me um take a very commanding lead in the constellation semifinal so uh all of you <laughs> all of you folks who are uh, a bottom feeder teams and in, in your uh, yahoo fantasy you know just know that uh i am the king of the bottom feeders right now <laughs> like the buffalo sabers <laughs> your face <laughs> okay so <clears throat> congratulations to the bear the russian bear Ilya labushkin lube me up baby on his first Yummy. goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf to make it three to one. This was a fucking nice slap shot. Man, I haven't seen two slap shot goals out of three in the Leafs in a while. This is nice. Boosh. It's like the 80s, like Beaner loves. Yeah. Seeing Boosh skate in like that was kind of opposite side of the ice, but kind of eerily similar to Sundin's 500th against Calgary. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Did you get a haircut, Beaner? I, I did. <laughs> the fans can't see it, but it's a really sexy haircut, all right? It's not like... We may like have a- touched on this before we potted. Nice. nice. Yeah. Sorry. It's like 10 years younger. Locks. <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I think this was one of the highlights of my night because I've been cheering for this guy since day one. I love Lube. I love the bush. However you want to put it out there. <laughs> Whatever. Lubushkin is awesome. I honestly think that he should play every single night as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And Riley, Morgan Riley is an yes. ultimate partner for this guy. This play starts off a Riley shot. He he was the guy who pinched, made that shot, and the rebound just makes his way all the way almost to center ice, it seemed. And Labushkin just comes right in, steps into the sl shot, slap shots that shit. And oh my God, who knew? But we we kind of, you know, this is what we've been then, like, waiting for. Was it with 10 this seconds guy, later? He's a big guy, but yeah. Oh yeah, this one's 29 crazy. seconds after the cap Isn't goal. it like, what, 10 seconds Two later? Leafs goal. Morgan Riley? No, uh, Willie Nylander. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead of... Steph, your connection is garbage. I'm so sorry, guys. I know That's this... me. I'm, I'm just... Uh... It's me. Everybody keeps trying to talk because you keep stopping. Well, but it's, yeah. It's I'm just okay. shooting gaps here. I'm just like a, like one of those football players. Like, oh, all right, okay, just get... <laughs> <laughs> we'll manage, we'll manage. So um, who would have thought that Kyle Dubas would be able to turn Nick Ritchie into Morgan Riley's number one defensive partner. Yeah. They, they found the Mike Commissaric to Riley's Andre Markov. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, like you don't need somebody who makes nine and a half million dollars to play with someone who's that good. Like they just need the piece that they're missing that complements what they're not that great at. And apparently that's Ilya Labushkin, but oh my God, nobody would have guessed this. When you've got TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Mark Giordano, like, and Ilya Labushkin is the best partner for Riley. This is great. Oh, he's a tough a lot of money. player. He's reliable in his own end. Apparently he's got a hell of a clapper from the blue line. Yeah. <laughs> I think he fits perfectly oh, yeah. with Riley right now. He does everything that Riley doesn't do quite as well, and especially on the physical side. And, like, Riley's a leader, right? So oh. having Labushkin there, like, you know, Labushkin's kind of, I feel like, the strong, silent type, right? So, like, R Riley, well, so is Riley, too, in a way. But, uh, you know, I, I said R Riley leads, Labushkin follows, and fucking shit gets yeah. done. And uh, speaking of Morgan Riley, uh, does does he not get an apple, like, within a couple seconds later with our boy Wee Willie Nylander? Yes, he does. Yeah. So what's important here is that John Carlson scores at 10.06. Ilya Bushkin scores at 10.19. William Nylander scores at 10.37. So in 31 seconds, there were three goals, and it went from a 2-1 game to a 4-1, or a 2-0 game to a 4-1 game. Are you kidding? That's the type of gear that this team can kick it into right now because they had a bad loss to Buffalo the other night. They get down 2-1 after outplaying them pretty heavily in the first, and they're just saying, like, not tonight, not whatsoever. They come back. They storm up two goals super quick. And that's kind of the thing that this team was missing in previous years that they really do have this year is that extra, extra year. Yeah, and we've seen big second periods from them. I mean, look at, I know it didn't end that well, but look at the Florida game where they scored four goals in a row to open the second period. Like this has been kind of how they, they make their mark is, you know, maybe they don't come out hot and maybe they don't close hot, but that middle period, watch out. They will jump on everything. Yeah, Willie, <clears throat> excuse me, William Nylander has really found that November type play again, which I'm all for. Um, like I said earlier episodes, it kind of felt weird talking bad about him after having solid, solid couple months and then he dropped off a little and Twitter kind of blew up about it. But now we can celebrate him, his 30th goal of the season. Three out of four guys of the four core have 30 goals on the season. Just another little milestone to celebrate. Um, JT tonight had four assists. All he needs is four goals to catch up to the boys. So I really hope he does it too. Unreal. I hope he does too. It's just been a massive season for all these guys. Like you're saying, the numbers I'm looking at here. I mean, Bunting's got 22 goals. Mikheyev's got 16, 17. Like, it's just crazy what, we're, what we've been getting from the depth. And people say... You know, it's too bad that Matthews doesn't have anyone behind him. Okay. And in milestones, sure. too, like Tavares hit his 500th career assist tonight. Uh, Willie's only one oh. goal off his career high for goals. Yeah, super impressive. Beaner, take it. Wow. Can I just take a second to congratulate Johnny for having an accurate stat? 
He's not. Uh... ESPN <laughs> upped their game. They heard me all over our podcast, and now all their numbers are right. I'm not kidding. They hired a going back tonight. to them. <laughs> it's the layout. I like it. Okay, I'm sorry. Johnny's don't a t- read the numbers out. Johnny's a typical Leaf fan, loyal to a fault. <laughs> well, it's hard to find a good format that shows an actual play-by-play. Like I think that's the one thing where um, uh, the Canadian uh, online uh, forums kind of fall flat a little bit. Is like you know if we're if we're here talking, we want to be able to actually look at the time you know actual times things happened. Especially if you didn't write notes, right? I can't always we can't always write notes. So like it's good to have a good play-by-play by play. Here are the penalties. Here are the you know. Because I it's I feel like it's kind of a shit show to find it on uh, Sportsnet or TSN if they even have yeah. it. Oh, like yeah. the actual Their breakdowns is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's behind uh, a paywall. Yeah, I don't know. Usually have to pay for them. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And then okay, so oh, sorry, Johnny. And then just touch on the historical stats a little bit. Matthews ties Gilmore for all time yes. points as a Leaf. Yeah, in the third uh, Maple Leaf to crack a hundred points too. Yeah, yes. yeah, in a season, Riley cracked the top twenty-five all-time for points. Yeah, yes. This season just keeps getting better and better. But he'll never get another goal again, like, right? According to Twitter, like if it's, if that's all you read yeah, on Twitter, it's, it's like, over. It's over. <laughs> Trade him now. Oh well, I mean, Maple Leaf or the NHL rumor bot had it. Uh, Austin Matthews has been placed on waivers, so. Yeah. Oh. But uh, what about? <laughs> I love that account so much. Wilson on that play on Jack Campbell, you know, I kind of thought to myself, this is definitely might be reviewed for embellishment, but I'm so glad finally, finally, Kyle Clifford steps up and just marks his role on that fourth line and challenges uh, Tom Wilson to a fight right after that, that uh, Willie goal. And I was surprised yeah, that got... Simmer wasn't in. I don't know if they played rock, paper, scissors for it or yeah. what. When... <laughs> Simmer paper, tried scissors. later on in the game to get a crack at him, but it, yeah, it was nice to see Clifford do that because I think he's a huge plug on this team and he doesn't do anything except for what he did tonight. <laughs> so, probably, he probably listens to our podcast. He's like, thanks, dick. <laughs> he's just sitting there with the headphones in. Much. Hello, darkness, my old no, friend. No, but he's right. Like, ever since that one bad penalty a few games back, we're like, oh, man, like, I understand why we need him because he's got this, you know, strength, quote unquote. But speaking of which, like, that fight was, it was one of those moments where, and, and you guys can pipe up uh, when I'm finished here, is uh, you realize how small, like, and I guess how big Tom Wilson is because Clifford actually yeah. looked really tiny. Like, he looked like, he looked outsized, like like it's like Domi versus uh, probably like I don't I don't know who Domi fought. That was a lot. Most people were bigger than Domi, but you know, <laughs> for some reason, it's like I didn't realize how small Clifford was until he fought Wilson. But he got dropped for like one second, and Clifford's like, "Oh fuck, no, that's not happening tonight, buddy. Not in my barn." Gets back up again and at least throws him down on even an even little uh, uh, scrum where they get pulled the uh, pulled apart. But you know what, like. I I, po- I posted I was like one it's like one small scrap for a, for a leaf but one one giant scrap for leaf kind all right like I I was just happy they took that fight because like you know I said the noticing the size difference like fuck Wilson's an animal <laughs> yeah he landed a couple massive hits on uh, Clifford there so Tom Wilson is six four two twenty Kyle Clifford is six two two fourteen both big boys. Yeah, not too big of a still looks so much smaller compared to Wilson. Yeah, I agree. That's why I had and to look it up quickly. You know, it didn't look right on the ice. And Darty, I'm taller than Domi, and I'm not taller than anybody other than my son, who's five. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, how tall are you, Bean? Uh, depends what I'm wearing that day. <laughs> yeah, if you had the you heels five on. Or <laughs> yeah somewhere in around there that's okay i'm as yeah. tall as tim horton all right that's all that's that's, that's as much as i'll give you okay I know. Darby's he looks big on the posters too. though but but i found out i was like wait a second he's only he's only that tall. he's not 15 feet tall what yeah, yeah. exactly it's okay i have the oh, height God. for the rest of you guys there you I'm I was like gonna say, one. I think this is a short, He's only- <laughs> short king and tall queen podcast. Yeah, <laughs> the fanalist is our queen. Okay, so just 
You guys are Fox is everyone's queen. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, Where do we leave off here? Mikheyev at 1444, picking up his 16th of the year. This is a nice one, man. The fucking Cobra has been so hot. Um, Michael Bunting from Pierre Engvall. This is the one I wanted to talk about here. Pierre Engvall finally using his size and his reach and his speed, just getting ahead of everybody and just hooking that pass back to Bunting. Oh, so nice. He's finally putting the pieces together. I used to rip on Engvall so much, and now it's just like, <laughs> give me that fucking He's giraffe. just a giraffe picking up apples, right? That was a nice yeah. play, though. He had good patience, put it to the backhand, fed it perfectly into the slot. No chance for the goalie there. Yeah. None. Galloping through the ice jungle, just all the confidence in the world. <laughs> this guy, he's playing like he's... He's been in the NHL as long as he has been. Like this, we knew the potential this guy has has, and it's very nice that they're all activating at this point because years prior, it's usually a slope after the new year. And we said to ourselves earlier this year, you know, we hope that the Leafs play their worst hockey now in the very beginning of the year, and it just gradually gets better and better and better. And for once, I feel like that's finally happening. Yeah, I think you hit on a really important point there, Steph. Like, uh, Mikheyev and Engvall, these guys, I think they were the low-key stars of this game. And going into our playoff run, we need that type of depth going into it because you can't just rely on Marner, Tavares, and Matthews, obviously. We need these guys playing a way bigger uh, role. Yeah, and I have a lot more confidence in the third and fourth and even the second line than I did last year. I mean, Jumbo was fun and all, but, man, that just didn't work out. And I can't even think of before Kasha, Kampf, and Bunting. Like, who was on the depth? Who was the depth last year? Who am I forgetting about? Gelsenia. We lost Hyman. Gelsenia. Brooks. Brooks. Like, wow. Yeah, you can't. This is such an improvement. Like, comparatively, like, you can't rely on those guys like you are right now. And I think it's going to add a huge dynamic coming into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. 100%. So. Let's clean this up because we're almost at half an hour already. Tom Wilson, of course, Tom Wilson has to fucking score tonight. Makes it 6-2 to two at the end of the second period there. Also, uh, we had Justin Schultz picking up a tripping call on Pierre Engvall, who almost broke away for a uh, nice little breakaway at the end there. But nana, nada. Gotta say, uh, the game with the two best scorers in the league, they didn't score. <laughs> uh, speaking of death. Yeah, speaking of depth, uh, we relied fully on the depth tonight. Marner with only one assist out of a, a seven-goal game, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So this this was amazing, what? especially on Pride Night, guys. So I'm so happy this happened on, ooh, ooh, of course, a night like that. And yeah, speaking of Pride Night, did you guys see those Leafs and the new logo there? The boards? The what was good. on their shirts, their t shirts. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I missed the t shirts. Yeah, in the pre in yeah. the warm ups and all the photos they had um an artist named Rosa Nazari. She's actually a queer Muslim cisgender woman, made the sketch within the Leafs and it's um just flown by diverse people as she uh described it to be with the quote you belong here and all the proceeds whoever's going to buy one of those shirts are going to the 519 so yeah that's awesome nice love that all right six two heading into the third period there uh mikhaev picks up another one for his 17th of the year from labushkin and jt and then nick dowd left absolutely all alone in front of the net for some fucking reason makes it seven to three at the end of the game can we talk about the other mikhaev goal though he told carlson yeah. hold my beer hold my the exact same beer. move you did and did it even nicer than he did power yeah, move just absolutely yeah. dances around uh vanacek there sorry guys i i almost didn't realize that we were not done covering the goals because there were so many tonight and so many multiple of the same scores i mean we were on hattie watch for three different skaters tonight which never really happens nylander bunting and mikhaev all looking for that hat trick in the third period yeah and i mean i'm just gonna because we got to pick something to fault here because we've been giving them so much credit we're at 29 30 minutes here's the one thing they got to not do 
is this is not the first time in the last couple of games that they have all been in uh, behind or what are they? They've all been in front of the person who's in front of the net. Like all the Leafs have been yeah. away from somebody who's left alone. Like that can't happen. Just better placement because mm-hmm. it's not always going to be seven to two when you do that. Sometimes it's going to be four to three, or sometimes you're you know you're fighting back from being down and you pull this like. Ugh. They got to clean that shit up. Or you're fighting to come back and then you're, oh, fuck, you know, Florida all over again. Exactly, right? You know, they just, the timing was fine tonight. The score was fine. It didn't hurt them, but it's still one of those things that in another situation could come back and bite you in the ass. So, uh, you know, just everywhere else. It's an interesting little thing that I, I noticed here. So, I, again, like all of our sources sometimes, you know, uh, ESPN are not very reliable, but, uh, um, I was looking, I, I like to check the daily face off just to see what our lines are looking like, but it's showing that Bunting, Mikheyev, and Nylander are all on the left wing tonight. I don't know where their exact placement was for their goals, but I just think that's pretty interesting that it's all these left, all, oh. all guys that were placed on the left wing, at least according to daily face off, which was updated April 14th, 2022 at 10.42 AM. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> Something that we didn't think we had any. And on, uh, also great. that fourth line. I, th- I feel like, and I hope that someone who listens who is actually creative when it comes to drawing can draw this up, but when I think of the fourth line, I th- I see Clifford, Blackwell, Wayne Simmons. Clifford is like 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 this big German shepherd. Blackwell is like this little bitty pussycat, and Wayne Simmons is like a pit bull, right? That's your line. You got you got two big dogs and a little kitty. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, who built like that line? What the bound. hell? We can call them the homeward bound. Exactly. Line. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. So let's clean this up and then move on to some questions. Justin Hall was not playing tonight. Yeah. in the press box, something that we've been calling for for a little bit. <laughs> and I think other than a couple little blunders, like I just talked about, the defense was good. TJ Brody with that slide. Oh my God. Yeah. Doing the most TJ Brody move. A couple ever. big blocks too. Oh, yeah. Oof. I mean, and the other one, he took a slap shot from Ovechkin. It shattered a yeah. stick in his hand. You, whoa, that's got to hurt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. And I hope Keith sees this. Like, the dramatic difference of when Justin Hall is on the ice and when he's not on the ice or in the lineup that night. The whole world is calling for this. And I know that there's trust. He's a right-handed defender that obviously adds value and he plays the most shorthanded minutes besides Riley and Brody, just like Keith has said. But it's just time and time again that he always makes mistakes that we pitch about on the podcast. And it's a performance like tonight where the Leafs completely prove us wrong in all of our doubts. And is that because certain people are in or out of the lineup? Like, how about Jason Spezza, for example? I know, Darty, you just said your ultimate fourth line but it didn't include Jason Spezza. So it's a tough conversation to have as well. Hey, I think it's nice to have the depth there. You can switch Clifford and Spezza out for each other, Simmons and Spezza out. I mean, tonight we needed the extra manpower to take on the likes of Tom Wilson. So you bring up Clifford and Simmons. I mean, I I like that you can switch it out depending on the opponent you have. And like not to make this a shit on Hall Fest type of thing, but it really does make a big difference when he's on the lineup because the boys are kind of always expecting that one mistake to be made and they do play a little more on their heels when he's out there. But that being said, like he's a nice depth piece. Like if he's your eighth defenseman, that's not too bad whatsoever. No, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to make him he's feel still too miserable though, right? Like I don't want to just like him, you know, getting word of this podcast and all of a sudden when someone, you know, because unfortunately we still have a couple more games left to play and anybody, anything can happen. Yeah. I don't want someone to get injured and all of a sudden this guy's like, yeah, fuck this team. I don't want to play for those those assholes anymore, right? You so like, we want half the teams and in... sorry, go ahead. I just like, we just need to make sure like we're not being too critical of the guy, right? Because like, you know, it when push comes to shove, we might still need him. All right, so that's kind of my point. Like he's a very serviceable NHL player. You put him on half the teams, he's going to be between four and six on most teams. Maybe not yeah. on the Leafs roster right now, but he is a serviceable player. But given the Leafs roster D right now, he's just not cracking it. But he's he's making millions of dollars a year to play defense in the NHL, and he can't stay on his goddamn skates. That's a problem. Like. <laughs> it, it, it's not necess- It's not always the giveaways and stuff like that, which are glaring, especially over the last couple games. He's always falling down. He looks like Vanuf in his last couple years. 
and it's not just the, the number comparison. Phaneuf drastically changed. I don't know if it's the style that he had played, but towards the end of his career, especially towards the end of his Leaf career, he skated very top-heavy. And there's there's certain players that skate like that, and Hall's starting to. Like, if you look at Lucic, Lucic still skates like that. Yeah. Like, he, he looks like an upside-down pylon when he's <laughs> skating just because the, the way they lean, it's... I, I don't know why, I don't know how. I'm not saying I'm D- any better, but I'm not making millions of dollars playing hockey. And as a D-man, if you have, like, a quick transition, like you said, if your balance is a little bit off and you have that one slip, that's that's pretty glaring night after night. Absolutely. Okay, I have a fun stat for you guys before we go to Twitter questions. So since the beginning of March, the Leafs have been scoring an insane amount of goals per game. Like, we're talking over three and an average of, like, five or six every game. So there are one, two... Three, four games where the Leafs only scored two goals. Four, no, one, two, sorry, three, four, five. Since March, the Leafs have scored two or less goals. Do not, without looking it up, do you know who those teams were? I'll give you a hint. Three of those five games are against the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind. The other two are the Montreal Canadiens. Good thing we don't face them again. eh? They were in the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry, but how is it that the only teams that the Leafs cannot score on, not only not beat, but cannot score more than two goals on since March are the Buffalo Sabres and the Montreal Canadiens. We're talking the bottom of the bottom of the league. Like, guys. All right, pack it in. Get your shit together. <laughs> oh my god, it's a good thing. Like you said, a good thing we're not playing them in the playoffs because five goals against Florida. We got seven goals, uh, six goals against Florida, six against Boston, six against Philly, six against Tampa. Not that Philly's Tampa going to the playoffs, but yeah, yeah. We chased uh, Bobrovsky out of the net. We sank five on Vasilevsky. Like it's chased Carter Hart. Yeah, it's kind of hot. Hart. But these top tier teams, man, I know it sucks to have this, I don't know, this crutch in the league. We can't beat these bottom tier leagues. But if we're beating the top tier leagues, then whatever. I'm past it. Yeah, Yeah, we move on. It would just be nice to be a little closer to Florida or in front of them without losing these dumb games. But Mm -hmm. hey. Tis hockey. It's just weird. All right, like, it's to... understandable to lose to Montreal when, say, like we're getting goalied by, you know, Carey Price, but like getting goalied by Craig Anderson. Like, I'm just not gonna like. And Jake <laughs> Allen. <laughs> Craig Anderson and Jake Allen are the Leaf killers this year. So the you're just you're just getting back. The Leafs have have only been able to score, or have only scored two goals five games since March. Three of them are against Buffalo. Two of them are against Montreal. Oh, thank God. They're, they're the only the teams they can't score on. <laughs> exactly what we just said. Welcome back, Sadie. Okay, so Twitter questions. Mike at Mike the Fanatic. Uh, I think Engvall and Mikheyev both deserve a few games on JT's line. I'd go Bunting, Matthews, Marner, Engvall, Tavares, Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Blackwell, Nylander, Clifford, Kampf, Simmons. Thoughts? Well, just ignore the rest of the lineup. Thoughts on putting Engvall and Mikheyev with Tavares? I like the sentiment, but I kind of like having the depth on those guys playing on the third line, especially with Nylander heating up the way he is right now. Like, dude is moving mm-hmm. his feet way more than he has been since the beginning of the season. It's way more balanced attack if he's playing well with Tavares, and you got those guys playing well on the third line. Yeah, and the other thing to note is that while Engvall and Mikheyev are playing on the third line, they don't have to go up against star players right like they're not going up against the caliber that can stop them they're able to out speed and out muscle all these guys and get around and get the opportunities that they do so yeah it makes... if you take them out of that and put them in a, a role where they're going up against you know the likes of tj oshi or something tonight instead of i don't know who the hell's on the fourth it's line way more of a matchup line. nightmare for the other teams if those guys are rolling on the third line yeah exactly yeah I... way to streamline everything i just rambled Ew. i like the idea but I like that Pierre Engvall isn't the guy on the third line fighting for pucks along the boards. We have other guys on the third line who's able to open up the play and he's able to take the shot where I was chatting with you guys earlier. JT 
is more in that grinding role nowadays. And I would love to see him to be able to use his shot more because we know what he can do, especially his first year beside Mitch Marner. Um, it's a good problem to have. I'm not against mixing the lineups. Actually, I suggested Blackwell earlier tonight to have a shot on that second line just to see. But who knows? Keith is always into juggling it up. So. Fair. Uh, Bean or Darty, want to jump in or uh, next one? Uh, well, I know Darty's dying to know um, the deserve to win a meter. Seventy-three point six percent tonight for the Leafs. Nice. I'll take it. Nice. That's strong. All right. uh, From Luke Mann. Was that the most fun you've had watching a period this season? I think it's in the top three up there with um, the Florida second period. Apart from when Florida started scoring, I think (laughs) it was fun. Um, The New Jersey game where they won seven to one. That was a fun first and second. Wait, hold up. Speaking and... of which, uh, let's rewind to the last podcast where Johnny asked us what the score of tonight's game would be. And I'm going to rub it in because I did say right off the hop, <laughs> 7-1. So I was pretty damn close. Yay. You did it. You did it. Predicting a seven spot, that's pretty ballsy. We did yeah. it. <laughs> it is. Especially against the Washington Capitals. Uh, yeah. They're known to be pretty defensive core. But yeah, good job, Dirty. Sticker for you. That was that yeah, dartboard that was throw so, where you're like you're just really drunk and you turn around and you s- do a little pirouette and all of a sudden it hits the fifty and you're like what the fuck <laughs> off a, off a couple glasses ting yeah. ting ting in meant to do it <laughs> so here's one from our uh, Discord shout out join our Discord this is from Scott uh, funny enough he sent this one before the game in uh, sent this in before the game and they actually talked about this on the intermission so. After tonight, with eight games remaining and six and nine nights starting Saturday, do you think Austin Matthews will be given any games off? Sadie, you're shaking your head. You can start it off. Not unless if he wants to. This guy is in a groove right now. He's 100% healthy. He's kind of just hitting his stride as the playoffs are coming along. I think if you do that, that might take it out of him a little bit or even put up some weird dynamic. So, yeah, the ball's in his court on that. If he doesn't want to be out, he's not going out. Steph, you're nodding. Go for it. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. He should not sit, like you said, Southie, unless he wants to or he feel, he's not feeling it. This guy's chasing records right now. He could possibly hit 70 goals, guys. And we are already complaining earlier that without that suspension from earlier in the year, he might already be at like 65 or so. So why are you going to make him sit for one or two or three games and prevent this from happening. Uh, It just reminds me of Steven Stamko saying the one year he did get, I believe, 59 goals or whatever it was. It kind of haunted him forever and ever like he needed to get that one last one. So you don't want that happening to Matthews. Yeah, I agree. Unless there's something that's bothering him, like if the the wrist starts acting up again, you know, whatever it is, I, I think... Honestly, let him keep playing. The guy's on a tear. Anybody else want to take this? Beaner? I'm just going to sit. Darty? Go, Beaner. Um, go. <laughs> or Darty, I was just going to say, I, I agree. Like, it, um, in, unless something's bothering him, there's no reason to because you want to keep that consistency. And with how the whole team's been slowly ramping it up, the physical play, everything, aside from the blunder against the Sabres, it's been fairly consistent over the last handful of games of ramping it up, getting closer to playoff-style hockey. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we've had some tough opponents the last couple weeks, and there's only tough ones coming up between Tampa and Florida again. We see Washington again. Um, I mean, Ottawa is never fun for the Leafs. Got that on Saturday, so it's a nice test. I'm just going to cap this one. Um, I did watch... um, Oh, God damn it. What's that? All for nothing. All or nothing recently. And I brought up a couple times in the last podcast. And one thing I noticed is that like Matthews just seemed like someone was slipping him decaf when he was supposed to be having, you know, French press uh, double shot espresso. Just you, you can see it in his eyes. You can see how tired the guy looked. And I, I like to believe that like being as an, as an athlete, being tired is, is both morale and your physical body like killing you because you can push yourself to do a hell of a lot more if you love what you do. And it didn't look during that first round that people were really loving it, you know, to quote McDonald's. 
but uh <laughs> they look like they're fucking loving it right now and yeah they're not in the playoffs oh, they're yeah. not in the first round but well they're not in you know they're not currently physically in the playoffs they have definitely you know made it to the playoffs but um the morale looks like it's high again i'm not in that locker room but i think is if if they want to keep pushing like if matthews wants to keep pushing like who's going to stop him right and like yeah he might if someone tries to pull him out he's probably not going to say no but uh i'm not worried because he doesn't look like you know these guys don't look sad anymore these guys don't look depressed no. they look like they actually you know the firing are all cylinders they'll go above and beyond for this team who knows you know anything can change and i don't want them to change knock on wood but uh, right now, things are fucking clicking, so let's keep it that way. And if Matthews wants to go out there and score 69, go out there and get 69 fucking goals. He's not like an out-front cocky player either, but I think he gives a shit about this type of stuff. Like, he wants to win the heart. He wants to win the rocket. He wants to be known as the best player in the league. And if coming to the playoff time, playing him every game and scoring every game is what he takes for him, then let's do it. Hell to the yeah. All right, so let's close the game off there and our questions. And Steph, you have a point. Go for it. Sorry. I, I'm i all for Matthews playing. I just want to make one final point just because I remember how tired he was during that overtime after the Florida game. He was played way too much during that overtime period, and it kind of just bit the leaves in the ass at the end as long as Keith is rolling the lines appropriately and the matchups mm-hmm. appropriately, then – I'm all for it, but don't tire the guy out at the same time and always passing to Matthews. That's not the game plan. We clearly have depth, and it showed tonight. Anyways, that's a on. great cap. <laughs> yeah, start. <laughs> okay, so we all, okay, so we always <laughs> like to say just and Beaner Beaner loves pointing it out too um, that the fans always like to say, "Oh, glasses guy bad," but like here's a, to add on to Steph's point is like glasses guy is the nerd here glasses guy is the kid who's coming with the stats the analytics like you would think that he's got an ea sports like nhl head in the game like he should know and should be like you know talking to keith that like if you see these guys if their bar starts to go from green to like red dead fucking don't play them anymore that that that's where they need to spartan up too it's like yeah these guys you want to give them lots of minutes you know their stars they can play out there but also like i said you know, if that if that green bar of stamina bar starts to go down, like, you know, he's watching up there in the press box. Be smart. Fucking pull them if you have to. All right. Like, don't put these don't put these guys through undue stress. If they don't have to be like we're not we're not in the first round yet. So don't, you know, as you're talking about that, that Florida game. Right. Like, don't you know, at the same time, like a win's a win. But also, like, we don't want to lose, you know, a, a Pyrrhic victory, I guess. No, it's a great point. OK. Got to move on. So we're just going to touch on some quick fantasy news and news around the league, some scores. So St. Louis whopped Buffalo 6-2, to two, and Robert Thomas with five assists on the night. Plus three, so huge night for him. Uh, also, oh my gosh, Mike Smith and the Edmonton Oilers just won 4 nothing over the Nashville Predators. So Mike Smith picks up the shutout. Mike Smith is underrated. Vladimir Tarasenko, <laughs> St. Louis, Hattie, and two apples tonight. So, oh, nice. Shout out the Hurricanes, 3 nothing as well. Oof. Damn. And we've got uh, end of the second. It is 5-1 to one for Vegas over Calgary. Ooh. So that's a big game for Vegas in their hunt. Vancouver, also in that same hunt in the Pacific, is up 2 nothing over Arizona. Uh, San Jose is losing to Chicago right now. Good race. And... Yeah, bees Dallas lost. lost to Minnesota. That overtime. And Darnell Nurse picked up a goal tonight. I just got to say. That overtime goal in the Dallas Minnesota game. Flurry with a stretch pass off, bounced off the boards to Frederick Goche, who goes in on a breakaway. Beautiful. Nice. Oh, nice. Love to see it. The... That, uh, that shutout from Mike Smith tonight gave me an extra point in fantasy and gave me that Ooh. much closer to uh, tying it up. So I need that. Nice. And, uh, All right, so as we have... A... Oh, go for it, Sorry, Steph. I don't know if you guys quickly said this. Boston did not win tonight, so they did not get two points. The Lightning did, though, so if we're just watching the standings and who's going to verse who in the first round, it's so hard to tell because it's so close. But, hey, Boston with 95 points now, the Leafs with 102, Tampa 98. Yeah, let me look at the wild card standings here before we move on. So... 
Currently, what does that put the Leafs at? Uh, bear, 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 wild card. Second. <clears throat> yeah, so second, that means we're playing Tampa still. Cool, cool, cool. Love it. Vasilevsky had right. to go to overtime, right? Like, I feel like they're going to ride this guy into the fucking dirt and then they're going to have to pay the, you know, the iron price for it because it seems like he's like the only, you know, only guy that's uh, like, there's 10 problems with the league, right? So the fact that Tampa still has Vasilevsky playing is incredible. Um, but these are not the kind of wins you want for a guy like Vasilevsky. There's not many teams that ride the tender as hard as Tampa Bay does right now. No, and I mean, look, 74 games played, Leafs have 48 wins, Tampa and Boston have 45. So uh, I'll take either of them. I don't care. Florida's just the one that scares me because they play like the Leafs, but almost more offensively dangerous. Like their depth is just a little more powerful because they're less top heavy. Anyway, uh, we got 10 minutes left here. So let's close it off with where's my thingy? Is that what the game's called? Where's my thingy? Hey, you know what? Probably. No, this is uh, this is our yet to be named, but uh, for now, five for five because we need a name for the whole segment itself. This is the betting segment. So Suddy and Steph are going to give you some picks for uh, Saturday night, and we will check back on our Saturday night episode and see how it did. So you get to pick along with us, whichever of our hosts you trust more. Take it away, kids. <laughs> Uh, tonight we did a five for five parlay. Um, looking ahead to Saturday though. Well, how'd you do tonight? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about tonight. Um, just to give people some, uh, you know, context for how good you are at this. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a great night to start this off, bud. Oh, Oh, did you get eaten alive tonight, Sadie? Um, well, my first game I had for my parlay was the Toronto-Washington game, and I bet on the over, so over seven total goals. So that obviously hit. Yay! Nice. Um, the down It started going down from there, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Edmonton and Nashville, guys. We thought Nashville would be eating them up, but Mike Smith, Did like we? you guys have been saying, just shutting the door down, so... Didn't get that one, but um, Minnesota Wild and Dallas Stars. Did they did their game finish yet? Because let me see. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. That was the one that Beaner was talking oh, about. Oh yes. The, uh, yeah, it was three. So two I took for Minnesota Wild on that, and um, yeah, I think or and the Sens. So I took the Sens. I took the Wild. I took the over on the Toronto game. And I took nice. the New York Islanders because I have Sorokin in fantasy, and I was really hoping for my goalie to pull yeah, through, they so lost. that didn't hit, unfortunately. But hopefully better for next time. I believe last time I was three for four, and tonight I was three out of five. Womp womp. How about you, Sully? Womp womp. Uh, I've been on quite a little bit of a heater lately, and if I have been missing, it's been like one game. So tonight I had the Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins over 5.5, which I hit on. I took the Sabres to beat the Blues, which was a terrible choice. Nashville, they cost me against Edmonton. I did hit on the Wild over the Dallas Stars, and I did get over six goals on Anaheim and Tampa Bay. Nice. So three for two tonight. Not too great, but not terrible either. Hey, not bad. So uh, looking ahead to Saturday... What do you guys like? What are the, what are your suggestions? What are your picks? Mm-hmm. What can you put the stamp of approval on? <clears throat> Lots of games happening on Saturday. So just looking ahead, let's see. That will be the 16th. I would probably... Hmm, I'd have to maybe come back to you guys on that because I didn't prepare for Saturday's game yet, but... I'll definitely keep the people updated on Instagram. Follow our Instagram Leafs Late Night account, and I'll put up some polls to see what everyone else thinks and make some bets on it. Sadie, what do you got for Saturday? Ooh, I'm not seeing many odds here right now, but if I had to pick two locks, I'm going to go with the Penguins over the Bruins, a nice afternoon game. I think Pittsburgh will take that one. 
And then the evening, I got the Golden Knights or the Oilers. So those are two of my five picks, and those are locks. Yeah. Nice. Well, like Steph said, uh, stay locked to our um, our Instagram page where you will get all of your picks. We'll uh, we'll tag them as Saudi's picks and Steph's picks, and it'll be fun. I'll start a new little thing here. Yeah. Get all the we, me going. and Steph will lock in our picks early enough Saturday that we can have some uh, Twitter and Instagram interactive play with them. Discord. So. Quick question for y'all. What app would you suggest that I use to do this if I wanted to get in? Yeah. Um, what I use is Bodog. I got into it because there's a lot of different specials sometimes. So they'll have a variety of different not things. Not a sponsor. No, we're hey not up, a sponsor. Hey, Bodog. Hey, hit us up. But they'll have like Grand Salami, they call it things, where... There's different game prop bets that are interesting that you don't see very frequently. And also another site I really like is Bet365. But that's just me. How about you, Sully? What's your fave? Two great choices. Bet365 is pretty good. Um, I'm also a Bodog person just because I like their special bets that they have. Um, For instance, tonight the game in Vegas and Calgary, they got 38 prop bets on there. So there's something for everyone on there. That's cool. Okay, I'll t- I'll check that out. Also, Sounds like fun. Yeah, and also one pro to Bodog, um, which is a huge a thing to me. I know we're not a sponsor, but <laughs> there's no fee to uh, deposit money, or it doesn't charge your bank, or if you use a credit card or anything like that. A lot of the sites out there, they'll they'll get you with a fee every time you deposit onto the site. So that's definitely a plus, and, and it doesn't exchange. Somebody just tagged them. They kind of match like, up just... to a certain amount of money. Can somebody just tag Bodog? We're just giving them free advertisement here at this point. Bodog.net. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I mean, I asked, to be fair. All right, that's... Uh, what are we looking forward to here? Oh, yeah, we're going to the game on Saturday. Jealous. So I don't know how we're going to do an episode. But we'll make it work. We have tomorrow to figure that out. But I think me and John are going to try and work something out. We're at least in the same room post-game. Yeah, it just might be a little delayed after the game. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Bean? Uh, one thing for everyone to kind of keep an eye on, too, a good stat to look at when you get towards the end of the season to see, uh, give a good indicator of how a team's going to do going into the playoffs is the regulation wins. Because so many teams mm. get points from overtime wins, shootout wins. Only two teams in the league have more regulation wins than the Leafs. Colorado. Who'd have? Who? Carolina. Carolina and Colorado. Colorado. Wow. The Leafs have 41. Carolina has 42. And Colorado has 43. Wow. Yeah. So it kind of calms me down a little bit when I see extra fancy stats like that that kind of help back up the eye test that we're all, we're seeing something that we're not, not necessarily yeah. accustomed to. We're seeing a, a lot more consistency. Yeah. Well, and 48 wins in 74 games now puts us, I mean, the Rangers are at 48 wins in 75 games, and so are the Carolina Hurricanes. So we're technically a game ahead of them now. Wow. No, that's a really good point, Beaner. Um, So many single points from um, overtime games. And yeah, and something to note too, it wasn't until last or the game against Buffalo where the Leafs have 20 losses on the season. Uh, Jack Campbell is still, I believe, I don't even think he has 10 losses on the season this year. I'd have to double check, but during that slump too, he, he was only at nine losses on the season. Well, yeah, it's not that he gets losses. It's that, like, I mean, I have him on my fantasy team and uh, though he's been winning, his save percentage has been, not been over 900 more than you know mm-hmm. really once in the last five games 880 tonight interesting yeah, 880 833 846 like yeah it's not fun to beaner's point too the most wins in the season the least i've ever had is 49 and we're at 48 right now what yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's gonna happen so hopefully it can happen while we're at the game that'll be fun 49 does JT so it is Ottawa, so nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think so here's will. my question, fellas and Steph. 
Is there any chance that the Leafs can like somehow sneak up on the President's Trophy, or is that that's done? Like that's toast. No, that's that's pretty much done. Florida's at one ten already, um, and they've got a game in hand over Toronto, and Toronto's at one hundred and two. So yeah, yeah. Florida's just been on an absolute tear this year. This is their best season ever. They got fifty two wins, yeah, and seventy three so games. Impressive. Like get out of here. Because I don't think the Leafs have ever won the President's Trophy in their history. No. Yeah. No. Wow. But fifty wins is still that'd be that'd be nice. Like that's that's a start. This is to, I forget, sorry if anybody can shout out whose tweet this was. Um, someone mentioned that it's kind of, it's great and also depressing to hear when these records get broken because it's like, I'm sorry, that was what the record was after all this time? That was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. I'm glad someone's breaking it. These guys are having great seasons, but really, this is the best <laughs> in over 100 years. Well, that's like I've touched on before. Like, in, historically, yes, the Leafs have had superstars. They've had guys that any team would want on their team but they normally played as a unit they never had one guy like okay yeah in the 90s late 90s early thousands Sundin was dragging them into the fight but they never had that generational talent that just blew the league apart they all played as a team even when they were winning their cups everyone played as a team oh fair well, because like when we think of like generational talent, like I feel like the first name that comes to mind if you're like an old head is probably like Bobby Orr, right? Guess what? Didn't play for the Leafs. <laughs> didn't play. Yeah. You know. Wayne Gretzky didn't play for the Leafs. Mario yeah, Lemieux also didn't Leafs. play. Yager, nope. Yeah. So. And to Beaner's point too, like you had Gilmore in the early '90s, but he only played a handful of seasons. He wasn't the guy who was brought up in the organization and like a household name forever. There, he was a trade asset. Mm-hmm. So speaking of yep. the tweet, uh, I think you, our new follower on Discord, Christopher Spee, um, <clears throat> he gave me a couple stats on Twitter um, earlier tonight saying, the Leafs were tied for sixth for most champions of all major Canadian and U.S. sports leagues in general, which is surprising for such a beloved organization. And then... Um, Rick Vives, 54th, was ranked 20th in a 32-team league at the time. Even the Jets had more, he said. <laughs> so I was like, huh, yeah, we were talking about a little bit about it, the history, but interesting to know. And yeah, the numbers Well, the, the you, Jets but... had more because Timu Solani scored 76 in 93. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yes. All right. So, score prediction for Ottawa before we sign off here because we are getting to the end of our time. 5 2 Ottawa. 5 2 oh, Toronto. I hope. Um, I think, yeah, let's end this Ottawa curse right now and just make it like 6 3 Toronto. Well, at least they don't have 4 3 Toronto. Anderson. Let's light them up, please. What'd you say, Peter? 4 3. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, tight one. Beer and uh, had one hockey day in history really quickly. I think. Um, I've got two two quick ones, but first I just wanted to give a shout out to Michael Misa being granted exceptional status into the OHL, which is a pretty big deal. Um, so he's just the eighth player in Canadian Hockey League history to be granted it. And the first... And seven of them are household names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one place well, for us. Wait, so how old is he then? He's 15, so he'll nice. be eligible for the OHL draft now, this coming draft, which looks like it's oh going to be a toss-up between the Niagara Ice Dogs and the Saginaw Spirit for last in the OHL. It's The season's not quite done yet. But the last last player we saw do this was Connor Bedard. He mm-hmm. was granted exceptional status, and he is destroying the Western Hockey League right now. And the first player that ever got granted it was our captain, Johnny T. Hey, Nice. Do you mind touching awesome. on the one name that most people might not have heard of in that uh, list there? Are you talking about Sean Day? I am Ugh. talking about Sean Day. <laughs> Sean Day, you yeah. stay. Fun fact, he's the only... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Justin, oh wait. Sorry. Fun fact, he is currently, or he is actually the only one who did not go first overall after being granted exceptional status. Yeah, he played two NHL games. Yeah, he ended up going in the third round, 81st overall to the Rangers. 
Um, he played two for the Lightning, and yeah, he's currently on their AHL team down in Syracuse. Not bad. He's got 39 points in 64 games, but not what you would say exceptional. Yeah. But yeah, like, look, so you look at the names that are on the list. You have Tavares, Ekblad, McDavid. Then you had Sean Day. You had Joey Valeno, who is still in the Red Wings system. You have Shane Wright, who's probably going to go first overall this year. Connor Bedard, who's probably going to go first overall next year. And then now Michael Misa, who's not eligible until 2025. That's a good list. Wow. That is an unreal list. Well, fingers crossed that he'll be a star to watch. And you had another Today in Hockey history? Yeah, so on this day, April 14th, in 1942, the Leafs def- the Leafs started a, well, not started, they continued a comeback. They were down three games to none in the Stanley Cup final against the Red Wings, and they came back to win it. But this was game five, and they destroyed the Red Wings nine to three. Ooh. Whoa. With Don Metz having three goals and two assists. And then a couple years later... In 1948, on this same day, they clinched it with a four-game sweep against the Red Wings to win another Stanley Cup. Wow. Nice. That was a a bright spot in Leafs history where they won five cups in a 10-year span. So. You said 1942, I thought you were going to go with, oh, and they beat Hitler. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Leafs played against Hitler in a hockey match, and everybody watched, and they rolled... TVs into the schools so you could see it happen. I wonder if that was the first 03 comeback. It, the first one ever in the playoffs, and it is still the only one to ever be in the Stanley Cup final. Hmm. Wow. And here, Darty and I are joking about playing hockey against Nazis like it's some <laughs> Mighty Ducks 7 <laughs> movie or something. DC comic book. Yeah. Oh, God. Bongo no, it would be comics. Marvel if it's Nazis. That's fair. <laughs> All right, let's call it there. Beaner and I are going to the game. Or not Beaner, Southey. <laughs> Sorry, people, people have... Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving you. People, no, it's these nicknames. That, you know, people, you all have real names to me. So uh, Andrew and I will be at the game. It'll be fun. And we'll try and figure out tomorrow how we're going to do a podcast. But we will have an episode Saturday. Uh, don't you worry. There's a game on Sunday, That's too. All. And again, find us on Sunday, Twitter Sunday, Saturday Sunday. morning for our bets, me and Steph. Yes. Heck yeah. Saturday morning on Instagram and on Twitter, you'll find all the, the betting picks for the evening. And uh, yeah, join our Discord, all that stuff. We'll, uh, we got lots of fun stuff coming this summer. It's going to be great. Have a good night, everybody. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Giordano is who he thought Foligno was. I fucking love Giordano, man.